is when the Lord gave me this message, I, I was working at the Walmart distribution center in Spring Valley at the time, and I remember I was working there one day, and all of a sudden, one thing you'll hear quite often in the factory is you know you'll hear some language there. I mean, you know, nowadays you'll hear it in the restaurant. I mean, just it, wherever you go, people just using filthy language, and somebody just you know they let they just started letting the swear words fly, and they threw God's name in with a bunch of obscenities, and it just it. It irritated me. It made me mad. And I was just about to quote to him the verse I'm getting ready to read, Exodus chapter 20, verse 7. And it was like, right before I did it, it was like something told me, it was like, stop. That's not what it means. And in Exodus, look at Exodus chapter 20, verse 7. This is one of the Ten Commandments. It says, Thou shalt not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain. For the Lord will not hold him guiltless that taketh his name in vain. Pretty powerful verse there. Don't take God's name in vain. You will not be guiltless. In other words, you'll be guilty. And I'm, and I'm, you know, I was just, boy, I was all indignant. You know, I had that righteous indignation well up inside of me. I'm, I'm ready to quote this to the guy. You know, they, they knew I was an assistant pastor. They knew I was a believer and all that. And I thought I'm going to share this verse with them, but it was like it. It, that verse that came to my head, and I'm about to, and it all of a sudden just hit me. I was like, "That's not what it's talking about." A lot of times we associate, we talk about taking God's name in vain is when we use it in an irreverent matter. Uh, you know, when people, you know, you hear it all the time. You hear it on the television. You hear people just, you know, call out the name of God, and they'll maybe, uh, you know, put a swear word with it. And you know, I do not believe that's what it's talking about. If we study. The Bible and other references of taking God's name in vain. Actually, what that is is when people misuse God's name. That's called blasphemy. Okay, when somebody uses God's name in an irreverent way, that's blasphemy. And I do not believe that's the same as taking God's name in vain. Cursing the name of God. It is a serious offense. It's a very common one, but I don't believe it's necessarily breaking the third commandment. And Deuteronomy 5.11 also says, you know, Thou shalt not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain, for the Lord will not hold him guiltless that taketh his name in vain. I'm going to go all over the place in the Bible. Uh, if you want to follow along, it's fine. But we're, there's a lot of verses we're going to go to because I want to show you that I, don't, I believe these two things are different. Go to Luke chapter 12, verse 10. So notice in Exodus, in the Ten Commandments, it said, The Lord will not hold him guiltless that taketh his name in vain. God does not want us taking his name in vain. That third commandment is very important. But in Luke chapter 12, verse 10, look what it says about blasphemy. It says, And whosoever shall speak a word against the Son of Man, it shall be forgiven him. But unto him that blasphemeth against the Holy Ghost, it shall not be forgiven. So, blasphemy of the Holy Ghost, there's no forgiveness for that. That's, that's a whole other subject we could talk about. But it says, whosoever shall speak a word against the Son of Man, it shall be forgiven him. Have you ever heard people, that, you know, they'll say Jesus Christ in a bad way? Or have you ever heard somebody, maybe, you know, they'll, they'll say things about Jesus that are false? Well, Jesus, he was just a man. Jesus, you know, he wasn't the Son of God. That's blasphemy. That's a lie. I mean, there's all kinds of lies people will say. You know, Jesus married Mary Magdalene. Okay, that's blasphemy. That's not. That's absolutely not true at all. 
They have no right to say that. But the Bible says here that those who speak a word against Jesus or the Son, the Son of God, that will be forgiven. Mark chapter three, verse twenty-eight says, "Verily I say unto you, all sins shall be forgiven unto the sons of men, and blasphemies." wherewith soever they shall blaspheme. God forgives. Blasphemy. Verse 29, But he that shall blaspheme against the Holy Ghost hath never forgiveness, but is in danger of eternal damnation. So that's talking about the Holy Ghost. Once again, that's another subject there. Uh, 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 13. This is the Apostle Paul talking. And he said, Who was before a blasphemer and a persecutor and injurious? But I obtained mercy because I did it ignorantly in unbelief. Do you know why people blaspheme God's name and why they blaspheme the name of Jesus Christ? It's simply because they don't know who He is. They don't know Him. Have you ever had somebody? I've maybe you know this maybe isn't a good thing, but you know I've always appreciated a good yo mama joke. I don't know if you've ever heard the yo mama jokes, but I think they're funny. Okay, and I and I've had people tell me yo mama jokes. Now it. When they did that, I never got, I never punched them in the nose because I knew they're they're not talking about my mom. Okay, one that doesn't fit my mom one bit. Maybe they don't even know my mom. Okay, it's just it's your mama. Okay, it, there's a difference between your mom. I used to tell people that if I tell you your mama joke, I, I'm not talking about your mom. It's just it's a stupid joke. But you know you, you don't get offended because like they don't know my mom. Okay? They don't. They don't know her. They're not talking about my mom. People who blaspheme the name of God, they don't know who God is. If they knew who He really was, if they understood what He's done for them, if they understood what Jesus Christ did for them on the cross, they would not blaspheme His name. You're not going to hear me out there misusing the name of Jesus Christ, blaspheming the name of God. I I can't do it. I know too much about Him. I know what He's done for me. I believe He died for my sins. I believe He saved my soul. Why in the world would I ever blaspheme the name of God? But I understand Paul said when he did it, he did it ignorantly. He did it in unbelief. He didn't understand that these people, that these Christians he was persecuting, that he was persecuting Jesus Christ. He didn't understand that. He was ignorant. And I'm telling you right now, when you hear those people out in Walmart and you hear that woman cussing at her kids, I mean... It's women these days. I mean, they're just as bad as the men. I know, you know, they're trying to break glass ceilings and be the equal rights and all that. And I guess one of the areas they thought, you know, we got to cuss as much as they do. You know, got to make as much as they do. We got to cuss as much as they. Do. You know, some of this stuff's fine, but I mean, it's it's ridiculous. And those people, they don't know God. Just mark it down. They don't know God. Otherwise, they wouldn't talk about Him that way. And God understands that they don't they don't know Him. Because you know one thing we do know is someday they're all going to stand before God. And every knee shall bow. And every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord of the glory of God the Father. Once they see Him and they stand before Him, there's not going to be any blasphemy anymore. It's not going to happen. They will acknowledge who He is. And so we see in the Bible that God is very forgiving of blasphemy but in the Old Testament, when he's talking about taking his name in vain, he doesn't seem to be so forgiving with that. He, there seems to be a much greater transgression here when you take God's name in vain. So what does it mean 
to take God's name in vain. I believe there's a few things that we can see examples of this in the Bible. Go to Romans chapter 8, verse 15. Romans chapter 8, verse 15. What does it mean to take God's name in vain? In Romans chapter 8, verse 15, it says, For ye have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but ye have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit that we are children of God, and if children, then heirs, heirs of God, and joint heirs with Christ, if so be that we suffer with Him, that we may be also glorified together. Notice that when we got saved, the Bible says we received the Spirit of adoption. What happens when you adopt somebody? You know what happens? They take your name. If you were to adopt a child they would take your name, wouldn't they? If I were to adopt a child, they would take my name. They would take the name of McMurtry. And you know what? If I adopt a child and they take my name, I'm going to expect them to live like a McMurtry. I'm going to expect them to act like a McMurtry does. They take my name. And the thing with adoption and salvation, you know, we, do, we have a choice in that, don't we? Did God just save you and make you get saved? No. You... Call on the name of the Lord for salvation. The Bible says, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. You know, you acknowledge your sin. You asked and you received that gift of salvation. And when you did and when you became His child, you took His name. Israel, the people that God gave His law to, the people that God called out of the land of Egypt, the people that God gave those Ten Commandments to, they were called the children of Israel. Remember, God changed Jacob's name to Israel. That name Israel means He will rule as God. Those children of Israel, they had the very name of God given to them. They were the children of Israel. He will rule as God. They were God's children. They had taken His name. They had His name on them. And God said, don't take that in vain. In other words, you don't take it lightly. You don't take it in an empty way. We don't take the name, God's name and not take it serious. And as Christians, we have taken the name of God by adoption. Romans 9.26 says, And it shall come to pass that in the place where it was said of them, Ye are not My people, there shall they be called the children of the living God. Because we are His children, we represent God. When if my kids today, if you, if my kids were in here today and they're just being wild during the service and they're jumping around in the pews and they're causing all kinds of trouble, you're going to think bad about them. But who else are you going to think bad about? You're going to think bad about me. If my kids, if you hear them out in the parking lot and they're out there cursing and swearing and using all kinds of filthy language, you're going to think, boy, what are they hearing at home? What goes on in that house of theirs? It's going to make me look bad. Why? Because they bear my name. Their name's McMurtry. Pretty soon they're going to get older. It's not too long, and then my boys are going to be driving. And you know, and if they're out there and they're getting in trouble, and their names are coming up in the police report, and you're seeing you know McMurtry there all the time, and with McMurtry too, it's not a real common name. People are going to know. Oh, that's that. Pastor over Liberty Baptist. As far as I know, we're the only McMurtrys in town. And it makes me look bad. And you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to, I'm going to bring that up. You're making 
me look bad. You're making the whole family look bad. It says in First Timothy when it talks about the requirements for a bishop or a pastor that he must have his children in subjection with all gravity. And if I can't control my house, okay, that makes me look horrible as a pastor and simply because of the name they have. There's expectations on them. And rightfully so. And I and hopefully you're the same way too. That you have enough pride in your own name that you expect some things from your children and from your family. And we have God has received us into His family. We are called the children of God, joint heirs with Christ. I think God expects something from us. We should not take that lightly. We are not going to take the name of God in vain. First John or Galatians chapter three verse twenty six says, "For ye are all the children of God by faith in Jesus Christ." First John three ten. In this the children of God are manifest, and the children of the devil. Whosoever doeth not righteousness is not of God. Neither he that loveth not his brother is manifest. We show whose children we are by what we do, and you can tell the children of God and the children of the devil. And there's people out there that I believe they're the children of the devil, but in a counterfeit way, they've taken the name of God. In other words, there's there's false prophets out there called pastors preaching in churches that say they represent Christ, that say that they are Christians, that say they are in the family of God, but are living in a completely opposite way. A way that doesn't represent Christ well. In Proverbs 30, verse 9 says, Lest I be full and deny thee and say, Who is the Lord? Or lest I be poor and steal and take the name of my God in vain. What would being poor and stealing have to do with taking God's name in vain? If it's blasphemy. If it's just calling out His name. The truth is, the way what that's talking about if you, as a Christian, if you are a child of God and you steal, okay, maybe you're hungry, maybe you're going through a tough time financially, and you go and steal, you are taking the God's name in vain because doesn't God promise that He's going to provide for His children? Doesn't God say that He's going to take He takes care of His own? Doesn't it say in the Bible, David it said, "I've been young, I am now old, yet have I not seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed." Begging bread. God's Word promises provision to His children. And there's people out there that steal out of desperation. They steal because they don't know where their next meal is coming from. But those are lost people. Those are people that don't know Christ. That don't have those promises. We are His children. We don't ever need to steal. A child of God Never has to. Well, what if your kids were about to starve to death? You know, would you? You know, would you steal then? You know, my wife's always come up with these scenarios. Well, you know, what if this? For children of God, we don't need to break one of His commandments to survive. He can take care of us. We just have to have some faith. And that kind of comes with the territory as Christians. Didn't we get saved by grace through faith? And that makes for a Christian. Yeah, we don't ever need to steal. A lost person does, and I believe that's when a, if a Christian does, you're taking God's name in vain. You have taken on the name of God, yet you are saying that you need to steal. 
that you had to steal to survive? That does not make sense for a child of God. A child of God never has to steal. You don't have to do it. We don't. We we do not. But another way we take the name of Jesus Christ. So we take the name of Jesus Christ like a child who's adopted into a family. My children, they've all taken my name. They all have the last name of McMurtry. But we also take the name of Jesus Christ as a bride takes on the name of her husband. My wife, before we got married, her last name was Cutler. Now her last name is McMurtry. She took my name when we got married. She didn't take somebody else's name. She took my name. We were married. Ephesians 5.25 says, Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave Himself for it. Those who are saved, we're the bride of Christ. We belong to Him. We are we're espoused to Him. Acts 11.26 says, And when He had found Him, He brought Him unto Antioch, and it came to pass that a whole year they assembled themselves with the church and taught much people, and the disciples were called Christians first in Antioch. That name Christian, it means something. It means something. If you have taken on the name of a Christian, and listen, you can call yourself a Christian and not be saved. But I believe that's taking God's name in vain. To take on the name of Christ, Christian, that comes from the term Christ. Alright, and we all know who that is. Everybody knows who that is. And so if you're a if you take on the name of Christian, I call myself a Christian, but you're worshiping Buddha, get you've taken that name in vain. And it really worries me sometimes I don't want to name names, but some of our higher up political leaders you see some of the things they do to please people in some of these other religions. And you're like, wait a minute, don't you tell people that you're a Christian? If you're going to claim the name of Christ, what would, in the world would you be doing trying to make the Muslims happy as far as with stuff you're doing? Why would you do that? If, as a Christian, we don't have any other gods. But we, we serve none other. But Jesus Christ, He is the only way to heaven. I worry about some of these preachers. There's some well-known preachers out there who say that they are a Christian, but they will say that you also can get to heaven through Judaism, through Islam, some of these ecumenical people. And they say that they're Christians. Part of being a Christian is believing that Jesus Christ is the way, the truth, and the life. And these people who are saying those things, I believe are taking God's name in vain. And the Lord will not hold them guiltless. He takes His name in vain. I believe God hates that so much. God has not pleased them one bit. It sounds good. My wife, she, she was looking up somebody that she knew, used to know on the internet and they're a part of this uh, weirdo, hippie rock group now. And they had these pictures of them at this interfaith conference. You know, when they had all these people of all different faiths coming together and all, you know, singing Kumbaya and all that stuff. And that that makes no sense for somebody who calls themselves a Christian to be a part of that and to embrace a faith that denies Christ, to embrace a faith that that is antichrist. I worry these days too the way a lot of Christians are about Judaism. Okay, now we don't hate Jews. We don't hate anybody. Okay, we love we love everybody, but at the same time, why would we embrace? That faith that denies that Jesus Christ is the Messiah. First John says that that is antichrist. Why would we embrace that? Why? 
We've taken on the name of Christ. Why would we be all for something that's totally contrary to that? It makes no sense. And the truth is, I don't think all these people that do this are lost. What I think they're doing is they're taking that name that they have been given, that's been put on, they're taking it lightly. They're not taking it serious. And we should do that. Hopefully, you know, I want my kids to take the name of McMurtry serious. I want it to be a good name. And the name of having the name of God in our life, the name being called Christians, that ought to mean something to us and that ought to cause us to um, to live better and to be a good example. I can't do that kind of thing. I'm a Christian. I can't be doing there's things that you would be afraid to be seen doing, maybe because just because of your last name. There's things that I you know that because of my last name, I'd be scared to be seen doing. Just just be, just because of my last name. But yet, more importantly, the name of Christ on our life, that ought to really motivate us to do right and to stay away from evil. Revelation twenty one nine says, And there came unto me one of the seven angels which had the seven vials full of the seven last plagues, and talked to me, saying, Come hither, I will show thee the bride, the Lamb's wife. Who was that? It's talking about the church. That's talking about the Christians. We belong to Christ and we ought to act like Him. We're not married to Him yet, but we're going to be someday. And you know what? You would be pretty upset if maybe somebody that you were engaged to was with another another man. That would bother you, wouldn't it? If they were flirting with somebody else. And sometimes Christians, we do, they like to flirt with other religions and get involved in all this ecumenical stuff and get away from getting away from Christ when we belong to Him. He's claimed us. We've taken His name. We claim to be the bride of Christ. And yet, we don't act like it. Then go to Ephesians chapter 5. I want to go through these quickly. Ephesians chapter 5. So, we take the way we take God's name is like a child when we receive the spirit of adoption. We've taken His name. We're Christians. We're His children. We're a part of His family. We're joint heirs with Christ. I mean, we are about as connected as you can get to Christ. We take His name like a bride takes the name of her husband. His name, His name's all over us. And it should be. If you're saved today, His name is all over you. So what are some things that you can do now as Christians that would take His name in vain? Well, I think Ephesians chapter 5 Tells us a lot of that. It says, "Be ye therefore followers of God, as dear children. Be ye followers of God." When we're not willing to submit to His authority, I believe we're taking God's name in vain. If my kids, if I went up to them and I tell them to do something, they're like, "No, you can't make me do this." You know, you think we got a serious problem here? Okay, but if I went to somebody else's kids and tried telling them what to do, and they said that to me, "You're not my dad." Well, yeah, that makes sense, doesn't it? Because I'm not their dad. But with my kids, it doesn't make any sense. They should listen. They should be following my leadership. And if we're God's children, we should be following His leadership. We should be submitting to His authority. The world, they're not obeying the Ten Commandments. They're not following the things that we teach from the Bible. Why? They're not His children. We can try to get them to do that stuff all we want. It's not going to do a bit of good. They're not His children, but we are. And if we're not willing to submit, we're taking His name in vain. Verse 2, "...and walk in love, 
as Christ also hath loved us and hath given Himself for us, an offering, a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling savor. We take His name in vain when we don't love Him the way that we should. Okay? A father loves the children and the children are supposed to love their father. A husband loves his wife. A wife's supposed to love her husband. When we are, when we're not doing that, when that love is not where it should be, I believe we're taking that name in vain. We don't understand what a privilege it is to be adopted into the family of God, to be called the sons of God. That is a privilege. That is something that, and we we cannot take that lightly. We take His name in vain when we don't act like one of His children. Verse three says, "But fornication and all uncleanness or covetousness, let it not be once named among you." Has become a saints. Certain things around the saints, it shouldn't be mentioned. It, it doesn't happen with them. It's not a part of that family. Neither filthiness, nor foolish talking, nor jesting, which are not convenient, but rather giving of thanks. For this ye know that no whoremonger, nor unclean person, nor covetous man who is an idolater hath any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. There is a way that the saved live, there is a way that the lost lived. And the Bible makes it very clear the difference between those two. And if we are claiming the name of Christ and living like a lost person, then we're taking his name in vain. And I know it's it's tough. You know, it's like can a Christian, you know, people will ask the question, can a Christian take his name in vain? Can a Christian do those things? I think a Christian's capable of just about anything. I really do. Save people, they've they've done some pretty bad things. But I believe they're taking God's name in vain. And if we're His children, God's going to deal with us as children. Verse 6 says, "...let no man deceive you with vain words, for because of these things cometh the wrath of God upon the children of disobedience. Be not ye therefore partakers with them, for ye were sometimes darkness, but now are ye children..." Uh, are ye light in the Lord? Walk as children of light. Now, let's just say, you used to be one way, but now you're children of light. So walk like it, act like it. We've been given. One of the ways that we can take God's name in vain is when we just pretend our relationship is all right. It says for the fruit of the spirit is in all goodness and righteousness and in truth, proving what is acceptable to the Lord. We are supposed to be setting the example. We're supposed to be showing the world what's right. We're supposed to be that light to the world. And you know what? There's many people out there today who say they're Christians, who say they're followers of God. Their actions say something completely different, but yet they talk like it's all okay. There's churches out there where preachers are living in terrible sin. They will get up and they will give all kinds of justifications for the garbage that they're doing. Their works do not line up one bit with the Scripture, but they're telling everybody everything's okay. Just trust me. It's okay. Just trust me. This is right. The Bible says we're supposed to be proving what is acceptable to the Lord. And just and to pretend like everything's okay when it's not. To pretend that we're doing good when the wrath of God, the Bible says, is going to come on the children of disobedience. That's taking God's name in vain. Listen, it's sad today... How I mean, even in churches today, the same garbage, the same problems that's going on in the world is going on amongst church members today. I mean, there are church members today that are struggling with the drug addiction. There's people, church members today, you know, the marriages that are breaking up and falling apart. There's immorality, fornication going on amongst church members today. The foolish talking, you know, the just you know, 
blasphemy even, the the cursing, the swearing, it goes on even amongst God's people and it makes it makes no sense. It shouldn't be happening one bit. And the problem is these people that have God's name on their life, they're not taking it serious. It's it doesn't matter to them. You know, we are we're all down on police officers, military people when they misuse their authority, aren't we? We we all hate it when we hear about maybe a police officer letting that badge go to his head, and maybe you know you know using too much of that power, you know using that gun unnecessarily. We all don't like when we hear about that. You know, hey, he represents the state of Illinois. You know, he needs to set a better example. He's been given that badge. He needs you know he needs to conduct himself in a way that makes you know it, one guy sometimes make the whole police force look bad, doesn't it? One one bad cop. Will make a whole bunch of them look bad, and people put all these expectations on them. But yet, on Christians, we don't expect anything. Because you know, no, you're fine. You know, just make sure you're not. Nobody judge. Judge not. You know, everybody loves those two words. Judge not. Nobody reads the rest of that passage. Nobody. I saw a picture that somebody had. It said on there the way some people read the Bible, and it had that judge not in Matthew seven, and then all the rest of the chapter was crossed out. And that's the that's the way people are, and people uh, we need to set that example. We can't pretend everything's all right when it's not. It's not. To, I believe it's taking God's name in vain when we're unfaithful to God. When we flirt with the world, verse eleven says, "And have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather reprove them." The fool don't have fellowship. With unfruitful works of darkness. Why would we fellowship with the false religion? The Bible says reprove them. What do you think would happen if I if I got invited to one of those interfaith conferences? I got invited one time to one of these uh, you know meals where all the pastors from all the different religions get together and they uh, I don't know what they do, but I'm thinking all right, you know Bibles if. Says not to have fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness. Some of these places represented. There's some pretty unfruitful works of darkness going on. The Bible says reprove them. What do you think would happen if I'd have showed up at that meal, and they're talking about some of these things, and I start reproving what's going on? You think I'm going to be invited back? Probably not. If I go to an interfaith conference, okay, I if I go, I can't fellowship. The Bible says I have to reprove. What do you think is going to happen to me if I start reproving there? I'm going to get thrown out. So you know what? I just might as well not go. Because uh, I can't fellowship. I can't act like it's okay. The Bible says not to. For it is a shame even to speak of those things which are done of them in secret. But all things that are reproved are made manifest by the light. For whatsoever doth make manifest his light. Wherefore he saith, Awake thou that sleepest, and arise from the dead, and Christ shall give thee light. See then that ye walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise. It's a shame what these people are doing in secret. I'm not going to go fellowship with the Mormons. I don't agree with what they're doing. they got a lot of secrets there. And you know what? Unless I'm willing to go and reprove their secrets, unless I'm willing to reprove them of their secret under, holy underwear they wear, supposedly wear all the time, then I shouldn't be around that. I shouldn't be a part of that. Why? I've taken the name of Christ. I have His name, and I don't want to take it in vain. Listen, I something I, I'm going to confess a temptation that I have. 
I think it's hilarious when people speak in tongues. I really enjoy going to one of these charismatic or Pentecostal churches and watch people speak in tongues. I would have a lot of fun with that. But I've been, I'm not allowed to have fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness. I can't go. Unless I'm going there to reprove, I can't do it. You know, I'm disappointed. <laughs> I like to do that. I would love to go sit in on one of the Jehovah's Witnesses meetings. I want to see how they get all those people to go out to go visiting. I would enjoy that a lot. I would find it very entertaining. I'd love to go to the Mormons and sit in one of their service. I would love that, but I, I'm commanded not to do that. I take the name of Christ. I've, I am very public about the fact that I'm a Christian, that I'm a Baptist preacher, and therefore I can't go. Sorry, I'd have a lot of. Fun. It'd be a lot of fun. <laughs> It'd be a lot of fun, but I'm not allowed to go encourage. You know, the Bible talks about not even receiving those people into your house and not even bidding them Godspeed. Otherwise, we'll partake of their evil deeds. If I, you know, I'm encouraged when people come and visit our church. If I go visit their church, I'm going to encourage them. I'm not supposed to do that. And unless I'm going to go show up there and start telling them how it is, then I shouldn't be going there. And what's going to happen if I go there and start telling them how it is? I'm going, to, I'm going to get tossed out. So, not going to do it. Why? Because of the name I have. I don't want to take God's name in vain. And lastly, we're not going to take time to read. If you read verses 17 through 21, we fail, when we fail to make an effort to please God, we're taking His name in vain. All, all the things God created, we see in Revelation, they were, they were created for His pleasure. We were created for His pleasure. And we need to take that serious. We need to take this role. I mean, this title, the title that we've been given, Sons of God, we ought to take that serious. That ought to, that ought to mean something to us. I mean, so there, there are certain titles that this world gives. If you were to receive them, it would, it would probably change some things about you. It would, change, it would change the way you would act. It would change a lot of your conduct because you understand what you represent. You know, we, we have people that are uh, in the high offices. I mean, our president this week just got run through the ringer because he wore a tan suit, which actually when I saw that video, I was like, that's a nice suit. <laughs> I, I, I kind of like that suit. And everybody, oh, he looked like a used car salesman. You know, and they, they just went on and on about it. Why? Because he's a president. That just didn't look, that didn't look presidential. And you know, we got a lot more we could criticize him for than the suit he's wearing. <laughs> that's, the, that's one of the last things that I'm going to pick. But people expect something from him because of that office that he has, that position. And we're children of God. And that's not something that ought to get us you know, bloated and to get our ego going. It, shouldn't be, it, ought, to cause us to, it ought to humble us. It ought to cause us to really take this serious and step back and say, you know what? I better, I better watch my act. I better watch what I do. I want to make sure I set a good example. I don't want to take God's name in vain. If you're saved today, if you're a child of God, you've taken God's name. You took His name when you called on Him for salvation. When you asked Him to save you, you've taken His name. Now don't do it in vain. Take it serious. So let's all stand together this morning.